Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. My name is Taku. I've been here for two years. I'm a member of the worship team. Um, I love you guys. I hope you love me. I get the feelings mutual, right? Amen. Let's get the word up. I'm reading from Hebrew 10, verse 19 to 25. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-given way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting in him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good, works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now the day of his return is drawing near thank you for putting up with my reading um basically my title is to this sermon is if god said it believe it um a little bit of context let me take you uh through a story growing up my uh parents were preachers. So it basically means I grew up in church. A lot of church meetings, a lot of church stuff. So the way that they would get us to go, because I wasn't as holy and sanctified as I am today, was there was a promise of Mackey's after church. It was a strong promise. And that's the way that they'd hook it in. They'd be like, let's go to church. You know, we might go to Mackey's after. But you see, my parents were clever. They never said we're definitely going to McDonald's. It was always a maybe we'll go. Like, what is that? Do you know what I mean? I know churches are going to be three hours long, but maybe we'll go is not like, it doesn't feel satisfactory. Do you agree? Amen. Hallelujah. I know I'm in the right place. But as a kid, you know, it's so easy to to trust your parents. So I held on to that maybe with all all the heart that I had. It It was so tense. Like, are we going to drive through the driveway or are we driving through right past going straight home? Like, there was some tension in that. But I, I held on to the promise of we might go to McDonald's after. And I think, honestly, in all seriousness, I think it was the way for my parents to deal with the guilty conscience of the long meetings that they would then have after church. Like, church was already two hours long. Then we'd have another hour meeting. So... The way that I would get them is I knew as we were approaching, I'd be like, oh, remember you said we might go to McDonald's. And that increased the chance by like 70%. Because it's like, that meeting was so long, guys. Oh, it's like 4 o'clock. You think we could pass by Mackey's? And as a kid, just reminding them of the things that they said increased the possibility of the promise. Um, But then I asked myself, what more today? as an adult, as a, as a person who's grown up and experienced life, um, I find it harder to trust and believe the certainty of God's promise. And that's not even a maybe, that's like a definite, I'm going to do this. Um, I love this part in um, verse 23. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. No maybes, no ifs, no buts. It's just, yeah. If he said it, you can bank on it, you can trust it, you can believe it. We can be confident that God is faithful 
to keep his promises because we serve a faithful God. And his promises are yes and amen. amen. Um, but another thing I've realized is that we can't do it alone. We need each other. We've got to do it together. Um, verse 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day is returning, that the day is drawing near, sorry. Jesus is coming back. That's the promise. Like everything that we're going through, he's coming back and he's coming back for me and you. But some days it's hard to remember that by ourselves. We need to meet like the way we do in church, in small groups. We need to have community. We need to remind each other that we're loved, that God is faithful, that when things are looking rough for us individually and we can't see the promises of God, sometimes we need an outside voice to, to say, hey, I see God's favor all over your life. I know the season is rough, rough right now, but God loves you. His word is true, and he's going to see you through. Um, so my encouragement today is so simple. I've got two things. Completely trust the promises of God. Completely trust it. When he says it, sink, let it sink deep into your soul. If God says, I love you, I'm coming back for you, he's coming back for you. It's, 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 it's just going to happen. As sure as the sun rises, so is the word of God. And even more, the sun's going to pass away, but the word of God will stand forever. And my second encouragement is to meet. Meet people. Encourage people. You know, come to church, but go out, make connections, make people, be intentional about helping others and spreading love because you carry something within you that only you carry. And we need you. The church needs you. Like, without you, I don't know what we're going to do. And not the person next to you, I'm talking to you. Do you know what I'm saying? So, basically, that's it, guys. Can I pray for you? Is that okay? Amen. Lord, as I pray, I thank you for your church. I thank you for your people. I thank you for everybody that you've brought here today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing me the opportunity to speak and to encourage your body, Father. I pray that we hold firmly to your promises, that we hold firmly to the words that you say, God. When you say it, it's true, Father, and teach us how to be children again. You know, we've grown up, but Lord, teach us how to grow younger and to trust you. Teach us how to be kids. And Lord, I pray for the community, Father. I pray for us as a body, Lord, that we may love each other intentionally, that we may seek each other out and to make friends and to make disciples of each other and to love each other and to bring your truth. And we just pray, Father, that Holy Spirit, you make this all happen in your power. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. Awesome, buddy. Just, uh, just as Becky's coming up um, to, to get ready for the next one, why don't you just have a moment just to think, who could I encourage this week, as, as we've just been encouraged to do? Like, maybe just have a think and just write down on your phone or in your notes, like, who, who could I encourage this week? Like, to give them a word of encouragement, just to text them something that you see in them. Just have a moment just to rethink. Let's just do that just for a moment, just while, um, before I introduce Becky to us. Online, have you got someone? Good. All right. Brilliant. Becky. Let's give it up for Hello. Becky. Becky's going to speak to the same theme. Take it away. Let's thank you. It. Thank you. 
Well, good morning. It is really a pleasure to be here. We are going to jump straight into the Bible. So we are in, for me, the passage of Psalm 147. So grab that in front of you. Hard copies of the Bible, preferable. Phone will do. It's on the screen, if not. But whilst I give you a moment to find that. So yes, I'm Becky, or Becky McKeamy. And it feels a bit unusual to introduce myself as that. As the rest of the week, I'm Miss McKeamy. I am a secondary school teacher just down the road in Edgebaston. And I teach the best subject, which, of course, is geography. Oh, yes, I know. And for all the wits among us, I know who can't engage before I make the joke. Yes, I do, in fact, teach the good children of this city how to colour. And it's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Okay, glad we got that out of system. So Psalm 147, let's go. What verses 1 to 11 says, Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain makes grass grow on the fields. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. The Lord's delight is in those who fear him and put their hope in his unfailing love. Yeah, Holy Spirit, would you come now and speak through those verses today? Amen. Okay, so there are two main things I'd love to pull out of these, that short little passage I just read, okay? First one, fear God. Second one, put your hope in his unfailing love. Okay, and with that, that we may know and experience the true freedom that comes from this and his delight in and over our lives. Okay then, so fear here, we're not talking about being afraid, like we might be afraid of the spiders and avoid them. But we're talking instead about standing in reverent awe and wonder at who God is, his mighty and majesty, that he loves us, and that total moment of Jesus first in our hearts. You know, verse one says, the Lord delights in those who fear him. So recently I've been hanging out with my little nephew, George, who is three, and he's just a fantastic little human. And like a lot of three-year-olds, he has obsessions or passions in his life. He loves to talk about everything and revolves around this thing. For him right now, it is tractors, okay? So um, he, he just loves them, okay? So you, instead of going to bed and being cuddled, you know, snuggling nice with a nice little soft toy, he insists on a nice little metal tractor to cuddle up with. It's so cozy. <laughs> okay, and this is a love, my parents like to say, that it was shared by his dad, my big brother Dan, um, and my dad always tells the story that when Dan was little, they used to walk um, to the farm near where we grew up, and Dan would stand for hours, open mouth, just watching the tractors take it in. My dad literally would describe it as if he was like in worship of them, okay? And when Dan was feeling particularly brave, he would draw close and he would kiss the wheels of the tractors, <laughs> just quite literally showing his love and worship for these machines. Pretty impressive, right? <laughs> So let's look again to Jesus. Let's see him for who he is, how mighty, how good he is. And why do we do that? 
Well, uh, Romans 5 verse says, but God shows his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loves us, truly loves us. In our culture today, love can so be confused with sex or just being about sex, gratification, feelings. But the love we're talking about here is so much richer. You know, the narratives of the shows and music we listen to, like that of Love Island going on right now, they, t- they feed us that subconscious lie that we have to earn this love. That we, we, we you know, have to um, be in a place that this is what love is. But the love here is so much richer, so much deeper. And this love looked like the cross. You know, we've been singing out this morning as Zoe encouraged us. The cross... It's sacrifice, it's sacrifice. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, so fearing the Lord and putting our hope in him come hand in hand in this passage. In the sense, as we truly see him, our Lord, our God, our Jesus, we get fresh perspective of who he is. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes up to the hill. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hebrews 1 and 2, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. How powerful. So, in the wrong way, my notes. <laughs> so we have a choice, when life in all its fullness comes, of where we are going to put our hope. You know, this is the steadfast, earth-shattering, future-redefining love that is worthy and trustworthy that we can put our hope in it. But what is hope? You know, we so often say, oh, hope it's sunny the weekend, hope to see you soon, hope I get an A in that test. But hope such as these, these are uncertain. So hope with the Lord is defined as the confident expectation of God's blessing in this life and the life to come based on the goodness and promises of God. I'll say that again. Hope in the Lord is defined as the confident expectation of God's blessing in this life and the life to come based on the goodness and promises of God. It is the anchor that roots and fixes us regardless of what comes to knock us off course. So we have a choice today. A choice to choose to put our hope in God in the face of grief, anxiety, uncertainty, loneliness, family dysfunctionality, relationship breakdown, pain and loss. But the fact we can put our hope in the place that fixes us in the midst of these, that sounds pretty good. But those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow faint. They will walk, oh, run and grow faint. They will walk and not be faint. <laughs> Isaiah 40, verse 31. So 17-year-old Becky was thriving. She was um, pretty independent. School was going okay. Playing pretty high-level hockey. But she had her world shaken. A chronic hip condition the sudden inability to walk or even weight bearer meant nine months of school, 12 operations, and a whole host of medical appointments and seeing every specialist under the sun. A whole lot of prayer, a whole lot of uncertainty, and I had a choice to make. I had a choice to make. So that now I chose in that moment to put my faith in Jesus, put my hope confidently that he would hold me. 
that on that season, I learned the power of what it is to put my hope in him in the face of uncertainty. So that now, on the back of a big old season, more recently, a family bereavement of what felt like two young family members going. In the face of extreme lockdown, extreme loneliness brought on by lockdown, a feeling that desperate sense of imposter syndrome and not being good enough at work, that I do not have to be defined by what I do, my qualifications, my abilities, or lack of, and thank goodness for that. And that is the same for you guys today. You have a choice to put your hope in the one who is always faithful, who is always kind, always good, and is for us, and his love is never failing. Okay then, so as I've said, these two things come in hand in hand. We, as we take time to see God, to look to him, we have moments of fresh revelation of this so that we can confidently put our hope in this unfailing love that changes everything. So how do we do this? How do we fear God and how do we put our hope in this unfailing love? Well, I have two little quick takeaways for you. First things first, Get into the word, okay? This right here is the living word. It is speaking and moving today. As we spend time in the word, we reveal again, are revealed to again and again who God is, how he is for us, and how he is speaking to us again. So let's be a people who get into our word and have fresh revelation of him. Number two, worship. I think it's really interesting that Psalm 147, what we've been looking at today, starts with a call to worship. It says... How praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise God. So as we sing to God, as we declare God's goodness and faithfulness, much like we've done this morning already, I don't think we can help but stop navel-gazing to what's going on around us and lift our eyes to see who God is again in the middle of that situation. And more than that, as we worship, as we sing the truths of him, hope arises and it is alive and is moving in us. More than this, as we, as we sing and as we worship, his spirit moves, bringing freedom, power, and revelation. And number three, last point, so you've got getting the word, worship, is we have a choice to make. Brilliant. So as I've come into land there, why don't we stand as I just pray? I know you've been sitting for a little while now. I'm just going to pray about us those things this morning. You want to close your eyes, open up your hands, not because there's anything holy, but just to say, Lord, I'm here and I want to see you and feel your heart and encouragement today. So, Father God, I thank you for your unfailing love for us. Love and mercies that are new each morning. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill each heart in the room today and online, that they may know your spirit with them. I ask in this moment that we may be able to see you again, experience fresh revelation of your power and mighty love for us, that we may know more deeply in our hearts that you are for us, you care for us, and you see us. And I pray for boldness for those who perhaps for the first time are thinking, okay, I want to step confidently into this hope. May you empower them. And I want to pray for those who perhaps who are trying to choose hope and you're feeling the real realities of the lows and highs of life. Lord God, would, you know, would they know your delight over them? Because verse 147, verse 11 says, the Lord delights in those who fear him and put their hope in his unfailing love. May they know that your delight over them every single day, the delight that brings freedom from lies, anxiety, fullness of identity found in him, gentle insurance and life without fear. In other words, Lord, what you promised us, life to the full. Amen. Amen.
Give it up for Becky. Stay here a minute. Stay here. Stay here. Um, Becky, thank you. Uh, didn't Becky speak with so much conviction? Thank you so much, Becky. Yeah, you can go and take a seat. Um, that was so great to be reminded that actually worship the word and give us that sense of, of awe and help us to fear the Lord, feed our hope. Thank you, Becky, so much. Well, have a moment again to reflect. Tendi is going to come up. Do you want to come and get ready, Tendi? As we just chew on, oh, we're getting these doses of hope today, aren't we? And we're going to have our third dose of hope in a moment. Tendi, are you ready? We are ready too. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Um, so my name's Tendi, like Becky has said, and I am also a secondary teacher, like Becky. Um, and it's such an honor to be sharing with you all today. So I'm going to jump straight into the word. We are in Isaiah um, 40, verses 28 to 31. Brace yourselves, it's a long one. So, reading from verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary or tired, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths go tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So um, the theme today is the God of hope. And I'm going to pick out two main points that I'm going to speak about. Um, first of all, we need to be reminded of the hope we have in God. And second of all, we need to recognize the hope we have in God. So first point, we need to be reminded of the hope we have in God. Um, quick little story, a little embarrassing. So as a secondary, teach, uh, secondary school teacher, like I said, I am a very forgetful person. I teach a lot of kids, and my thing is, um, there's a lot of faces that will be sitting in front of me. So I'll sit there, a kid walks in, I'm like, Morin, mm, I don't know his name, <laughs> which is quite embarrassing, and um, walks in but I have my seating plan, which is my best friend. So I refer to my seating plan because I need to be reminded pretty much every single day who's my, who my children are and where they sit. Um, and I think as Christians, we can be like that. God will, will, will hear these promises from God and be like, hang on, oh, he didn't, he's, he's done this before and you completely forget what he's done. And I've definitely lived through a season where looking back, I'd forgotten the God of hope. So not too long ago, I was facing a situation that seemed pretty hopeless, and my natural instinct is to panic, um, forget everything, and just focus directly in front of the things uh, that are ahead of me. Um, thankfully, I have friends that, um, that will come towards me and come around me and remind me of the hope I have in God. We all need those people that are going to come around us and remind us of the hope in God. We need people that are gonna be like, do you not know? Have you not heard? We need people that are gonna snap us out of our present circumstances and lift us up to the, um, the word of God. So my challenge with this would be, let's be people that remind each other of the hope we have in God. Let's commit to standing alongside people and reminding them that God is a God of hope. Which leads me to my second point. We need to recognize the God of hope. When we're reminded that of the hope that we have in God, we quickly realize that this God who cares about us 
is massive. It says in verse 28, he is a creator of the universe. He created heaven and earth. And it makes me realize that God is huge, and I'm very, very small. <laughs> God is above every single situation that I can face. He's above every single um, adversity, every single rejection. He stands before that, and everything else falls behind. Um, I love the contrast in this verse where it says, he will not grow tired or weary. And then it contrasts this um, with youths. Youths grow tired and weary. Charles Spurgeon, in his sermon on renewing strength, says, these two things seem very far away. Man with his faintness, his strength gradually drying up. God with his eternity and um, inexhaustible omnipotence. If we can bring these two together, if by an act of faith that you, that are human, can be linked with the divine, what a wondrous thing to happen. That's such an amazing promise. When we recognize who God is, what he's done for us, the hope we have, and the promises that he's spoken over us, amazing things can happen. And rather than me being scared or being fearful of who God is, it leads me to worship. It leads me to recognize that God has every single thing in his hand. And I can come up to him and just, I can come up to him and I can be confident that he will take care of every single need and meet me in that place. Church, we need to recognize that there is a God of hope, a God that can break through any situation, a God who's over and above everything, and he's here to fill us up with hope, and we need to walk in that hope. So I'm going to end with this, and if the band could just come up. I'd really like us to spend some time um, this week digging deep and rediscovering the hope we have in Christ. Spend some time in the word, looking through those promises, reading those verses, and just being reminded of the hope we have in Christ. And just coming to his feet. And like Becky said, to worship him and just lift your eyes from your situation and to his hope. Why don't we stand and I will pray. Father God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are a God of hope. Thank you that in you, we can find rest. We can find healing, Father. I just pray right now for um, people that are facing situations that do feel hopeless, Lord. I pray that you'd remind them that you are there with them. Father, would you remind them that you're walking with them through it? And Lord, I pray that us as a church would commit to be people that remind people of others of hope. Help us to be those people. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.